Hey there, Hannah Donnelly here for another episode of On Her Mark WNBA Edition. We are in the playoffs. We are in the semifinals. Game three tonight. To catch you up to speed, the Aces lead the series to zero. And the Liberty and Sun are split 1-1. It has been a really fun series. Tuesday night, even breaking some records for viewership for the Sun and Liberty game on ESPN. So that's pretty cool. Also big news this week, MVP. Brianna Stewart of the New York Liberty won her second MVP title. And this was the second time in WNBA history that the woman with the most first place votes did not win. So the way that it was tiered and structured, Stewie collected the most votes. However, Alyssa Thomas with the Connecticut Sun collected the most first place votes. So today to talk about all of this, to talk about the matchups, to talk about the MVP win, all of it, we have Tarika Foster Brasby. She's been on the podcast before. She is a wealth of information and really tapped in to the WNBA. So it's always fun to chat with her. She is a sideline reporter for the Connecticut Sun, and she's an analyst and reporter for ESPN, CBS Sports, NBC Sports. So you've probably seen her around before. I always love chatting with her. She is so great. So let's not waste any more time and get right to the conversation with Tarika. This is a great playoffs. I mean, there is so much happening. But before we dive into the semifinals and what's going on now, we have to talk MVP. I need to know. (laughs) I need to know what you're thinking. So first, let me just say that it is very clear and obvious and out there and known that I voted for Alyssa Thomas for MVP. So, and and that is not to knock Brianna Stewart. It is not to knock Asia Wilson. I mean, these women have had incredible seasons. This was the closest MVP race that any of us have ever seen or could ever remember. So it was just like, wow, we knew that it was going to be a tight one. We knew that only one person was going to be able to win. We knew that. But I personally felt emotionally gutted yesterday or on Tuesday when it was announced. It was just one of those things where I selfishly truly wanted this for Alyssa Thomas. Um, She's the one of the three who doesn't have an MVP already. Um, And then I just felt like what she had done historically, what she had done for this team, where would Connecticut be without Alyssa? I just think that what she accomplished this year is one of those things that are going to be so difficult to replicate that her window for an MVP opportunity is just much smaller than the other two candidates who were a part of it. Um, So it made me feel even worse for her. Um, I just don't know if she'll ever have such a clear case for MVP in her career moving forward than she had this year. And it's not to say she won't ever have great you know, great seasons, because of course she will. Um, But it just felt like this was the best opportunity and may have been that best opportunity. So I felt so bad and so emotionally gutted for her. Um, The second thing is, as a voter, if you get the most first place votes, that should be it. Like that's the, I do not at all understand 
why we're tearing. And my problem with this has been well before this year. It's just that we are not asked to tear any other individual award. We're asked to tear all WNBA. We're asked to tear all defensive. I get that. The all rookie team. I get that. But we're not asked to tear any other award. When you want to know who my MIP is, you just ask me with one line, who's the most improved player? When it's time for, you know, defensive player of the year, I don't get five options. It's this is the best defensive player of the year. So why is MVP the only award that we have to rank five people? Like, it makes no sense. And I know they do this in the NBA as well. So I'm not saying that this is something that is particularly um, specific to the WNBA. It's just that if I don't have to rank any other award, I don't get why I need to rank this one. You don't, no one cares about the second, third, or fourth place vote. You, you really only care about who wins. And in my opinion, more people deserve, more people think you deserve that award if they vote you first place. So it just so happened that this year is one of those years where, you know, 23 votes went to Alyssa, 17 went to Asia, 20 went to um, Brianna Stewart. It felt like the voters felt that she should have been MVP, which is why they voted more voted for her for first place. So there was that. The last thing that I will say is who in their right mind thought that Asia Wilson was fourth? <laughs> It had to be a prank, right? Like it had to be someone looking to get the get the attention of everyone. Yeah, I I just kept thinking to myself, is gonna come out Twitter and say, "I punked y'all. This is a joke." I cannot believe that she did not receive a first. So whoever was going to vote for Asia instead of voting for Asia gave their vote to someone else gave Chelsea Gray, and that's no knock on Chelsea, but Chelsea, I mean, even she admitted this, I should not have been in anyone's MVP conversation. This is nuts. So whoever you are that gave Asia fourth place, show yourself, turn in your ballot, do not ever pick up a pencil ever again to vote for WNBA anything. That's And that's where I am with it. So I think it's interesting this year is that I, you know, every year the conversation of MVP, this was a close race, you know, the, one of the closest races that we we've had recently, at least yeah. it's only the second time in WNBA history that the first place, the, yeah. or the, the individual with the most first place votes did not win. The last time was in 2005. But what I think is so interesting is that Tarika, you of course know this voting structure and you know what goes on behind the scenes. I think it was a surprise to a lot of people that the first, the person that gets the most first place votes doesn't win. That yep. was eye opening, I think, to a lot of people. So I think it, you know, pulled back the curtain some. Um, what yep. broke my heart, of course, I'm slightly biased and and thinking that AT should have won. Um, but I think when you look, you know, if you pull back and you also look at what she has done. For this team this season, when everyone was sleeping on them early on, they're they're in a rebuild year. They're not going to do great. They're just, you know, then then Breezy's out, and they're still, and then AT's able to lead them in this way. But what broke my heart the most was watching AT's response after Tuesday night's game. Yes, and I think yeah. we need to talk about that because when she said, "I've been snubbed, snubbed enough too many times in my career." that I'm used to this. Yep. And yep. part of me was like, good, let's add this fuel to the fire because you deserve it. Let's 
let's show it up with, with the victory, with the championship, but it broke my heart. And I, and I was like, I'm so excited that I'm talking to Tarika because you, you know, AT and you've seen her get snubbed so many times. So what was your reaction to that? I was almost in tears, like full transparency. I was almost in tears because how can we, I, and when I say we, I don't even really personally mean me, but I just mean we as a WNBA community, WNBA fans, WNBA media, how have we been so blind or lost to the talent of this woman that she feels numb to the fact of not being selected, numb to the fact of not being discussed? numb to not being recognized like we're doing this league and new fans a disservice in that you we you just cannot continue to let one player who has had such a historic season but has continually been this consistent it's not like this is just the first time at has had a really great year or, or has had a really great time um there have been other where we've seen Alyssa and we've said to ourselves like this woman is incredible first off being able to have an Achilles injury and come back from that within like seven months which is an injury that most people are gone for the year she she acquired that injury in January think or late January early February and by September of 2021, was ready to get back on the court to play in a postseason game. That in itself should have let you know the type of fortitude and the kind of strength and the kind of person that this woman is. And so I just feel like we're doing a disservice that we are continuing to let greats of our game go unrecognized. And, and it, it just broke my heart and it crushed me to hear her say, you know, I'm used to it by now. It's normal. It should never be normal for us to not give flowers to people who deserve them. Um, so I'm really hoping that moving forward, this changes. But I also feel like this is the kind of thing that fuels the fire to what could be uh, one of the best WNBA semifinal matchups that we're going to see. Game one was incredible. Um, game two was also very to the wire. And I said going into game two, I said, this is going to go one of two ways. We're either going to see Stewie prove why she feels she deserved the award, or we're going to see Alyssa prove why she felt like y'all y'all made a mistake in not giving me the award. Now, neither player had their best game from a scoring output, but I just think that it just adds fuel to the fire of this being potentially one of the best semifinal matchups that we're going to see in the 27 years of this, of this league. I have been looking forward to this semifinal matchup all season long. I think yeah. truly, I don't think there could be two better teams in this because I think they both bring something unique to the table. Uh, mm -hmm. I was, I knew the sun had it in them to, to, to compete. I was blown away by game one. I was not expecting them to show up so well, so fast. I do think that a lot of credit goes to Beck Allen and I'm interested to, to hear what you have to say. Cause I know that AT and DB, a lot of the attention from New York went immediately to defending AT and DB and that yep. left Beck Allen to step up. And she did game two, not her best game. Tiffany stepped up. So we still had, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I think she's been kind of one of those players all season that steps up in the big moments, but to have the game she had Tuesday night 
was yeah. amazing. So I've been ready. I've been ready for this series. Um, who stood out to you most game one? Oh, game one, it was definitely Beck Allen. Like we see this from DB and we know that Beck Allen's capable and she's familiar with playing in that building, right? She's a former mm -hmm. Liberty. She was who, you know, Connecticut got in the JJ trade. So she was familiar with playing in that building, but she does so many things well. And when she finds her rhythm from a scoring perspective, she's hard to stop because she can score from the mid range. She has a very nice perimeter shot. Her three point ball is dangerous, but she also has those long arms. That's why they call her spider. Right. And she has the ability to get out in front of you and defend. And when she can do that, she can block shots. She can grab rebounds. She's so quick um, when it comes to getting back in transitional defense. And so to see her kind of step up in that moment and have a big game, it is what Connecticut needed. Because as much as we see this kind of output from DB and AT, they can't win this series alone. So they're going to need help from other role players. And I don't necessarily mean role players like bench players, but I mean someone else outside of them. And it's going to have to be their guards. We, you know, I've said all season long, guard play is going to be the difference. So to see Beck Allen come up and have that kind of a game it was so important for them. Even game two, where, you know, this wasn't a blowout, number one. This was anyone's game. And at, at for majority of the first half, Connecticut was leading. Like, they at one point had a 12-point lead. So this was by no means, um, like, an easy victory for them. Um, but there were other things that New York did throughout the course of game two that Connecticut had trouble with uh, their zone defense. For example, when they switched to that zone defense, Connecticut wasn't able to cut to the basket well. They weren't able to get out in front well, and, and they weren't able to transition very quickly, which is what Connecticut likes to do. They like to speed up the pace. They like to play high tempo. And with that zone defense, they weren't able to do that, so they weren't scoring effectively. Uh, I expect them to change that on Friday for game three. But I say all that to say that, Tiffany Hayes still found a way to be the difference maker, to keep them in the game. And although Alyssa didn't have a high scoring output, I think she ended the game with like eight points. She still had seven rebounds and seven assists. So she's still flirting with a triple double. Like uh, either way, like she's still so, she's still such a crucial focal point of this team that even when she's not scoring, she's still someone who the offense has to run through. Um, and so it, it was just one of those moments where um, I knew that Connecticut mentally was going to find a way to get over the hurdle. This team has beaten you four times in the regular season, two of which were winnable games, but you guys didn't close. And this is also a team that has been in this position before. Just last year, they were going up against the Chicago Sky, whom they also went um, did not win a game against during the regular season. So they knew that they could do it because they were the team that had been in this position they have the experience. And what's crazy, Hannah, is that they still haven't really reached their full potential because Dejanae Carrington, she hasn't really played this series. So she hasn't really been able to assert herself. And to see what we're seeing out of Olivia nelson Adota, who also has stepped up so big. She's been aggressive. She's really used her minutes well. She's really been the one to battle with JJ, which is someone that they were going to need in terms of a size perspective. So I like, I think, and this is my, this is my big hot take, which probably isn't even a hot take, but I think the momentum, even off a loss in game three is for Connecticut. 
You stole a game on the road. You played them tough in game two. And now you're going home where your crowd is really going to carry you. And where the last time this team met you in Connecticut, y'all had a 20-point lead before you gave it away in the last 30 seconds to go into overtime. Mm -hmm. So I think the momentum right now is absolutely in Connecticut's favor. Absolutely. And I want to kind of double click on two things that you said there. One, Olivia Nelson Adota. We talked about her before the early in the season, maybe before the season started. And one thing we talked about was whether or not she could play the the as physical as she would need to as a big. And I think all season we kind of saw her grow in it. But this series, the way that she's been able to play physically with JJ. Yeah has been incredible. What do you think's mm-hmm. changed for her? Do you think it was just the the playoff like mentality? I think it's something she's been working for all game. I mean, I'm um, all season, you know, I've asked her a couple of times when you look back at what your game has been, what do you see yourself improving on? How do you want to get better? What do you want to do differently? And the one thing she continued to say is I want to continue to be, gr- be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. I want to continue to get physical. I want to, you know, be able to assert myself and be confident in doing that. And I think she has the perfect teammates because, you know, one thing I know about Connecticut is they're going to hold every single person in that locker room accountable. Mm -hmm. And they don't care how long you've been with the team. They don't care how long you've been in the league. They're going to hold everyone to the same standard. And Mm -hmm. so Olivia knew that her role was going to play a part at some point in the season and no better part than to play it right now against the second best team ranking wise in the WNBA. It's needed. That length is needed. Um, her ability to be aggressive on the boards is needed. Um, and she, as you realize down the stretch here in these last couple of weeks, Olivia had some pretty big games. She had a couple double doubles down here. And I think it also speaks to Stephanie White. Stephanie White being able to trust that Olivia is going to be able to come in and get some good minutes, putting her in the right positions to get those minutes late in games during the last couple of weeks of the season. It was all towards preparing her for what we are eventually ending up seeing right now. Mm, absolutely. And the other thing I want to kind of touch on here is we've talked about John Quill Jones a few times, JJ, yep. this is her first year with the Liberty coming from Connecticut. Yep. And I think from my perspective, and maybe I'm wrong in this, I felt that it, w- it she was a little slow to find her footing in New York earlier in the season, but I think JJ's like kind of peaking at this time. And I think Sunday is when we really, we've seen her kind of hit her stride, oh, yeah. but Sunday was to me, like she's here, she's ready to play. Um, what are your thoughts on JJ this series? And and do you think it will continue? Absolutely. JJ, <laughs> Jonquil Jones is a former MVP herself. She knows what it takes to be in this position. She's played in WNBA finals in the past. She knows, she has that experience. And that's one thing um, that New York has in their favor is they have, you know, a champion in Courtney Vandersloot and, and, and Steph, Steffi Dolson, they won a championship together in Chicago. Um, Brianna Stewart has won multiple championships in Seattle. So they have that championship caliber on their team to guide them. I agree that JJ started off the season pretty slower than I think we expected. I have been on record as saying, I don't know if this New York team is going to be able to do anything in the time that they've been given because JJ started slow. They, they're needing Stewie to drop 40 points on teams like Phoenix in order to win. The chemistry hasn't been there. So I've gotten 
all of the flack from New York Liberty fans all season long because I was critical of this team. But after the All-Star break, J.J. hit the ground running. She got healthier. She started to understand the offense better. She started to understand her place with the team more. Um, and it really started to show, and she's not stopped. It has only elevated this New York team. Um, so when you are playing against them, you have to pick your poison. You know, if you, if you, you know, spend too much pressure on Stewie, you still got Courtney Vandersloot who knows how to spread the ball out, which is what really works for them, is that they've got so many weapons. Courtney has a plethora of options of where she wants to go with the basketball. Exactly. You know, and you still got Sabrina, who at any moment can shoot eight threes in a game, right? And so it's so difficult. And we haven't even discussed Benijah Laney. I was going to say Tuesday night, Benijah Laney. Girl! <laughs> Benijah but Nigel Laney, give that woman her respect. She turns her defense into offense. And when she gets in rhythm, she is so difficult to slow down. Mm-hmm. I was at the game on Tuesday. I was sitting courtside, and I just kept looking at Benijah. Like, every time she got the ball in her hand, I was like, it's going in. It's going in. And every time, it went in. <laughs> like, there's, what can you do? Like, it's, it's going in. Like, she's so, she's so good at basketball. So, um, this isn't an easy challenge, right? But it's one that I think Connecticut has been able to step up for. Um, and it's one that I think New York is ready for. Mm-hmm. I think game three is going to be crazy. Tuesday was a must win for the Liberty f- for a lot of reasons, right? Yeah. Tomorrow night, split series, Connecticut's back home. I, I agree with you. I think the momentum is in their favor. My prediction though is still a five. We go to five games. What are you, what are you, Ooh. where are you sitting? I, I don't think I really thought about it. Um, I could see this series going all five games. And that would be very interesting for Connecticut if it did. I think you did your job with stealing one on their home court so that you can bring it back to CT. Take care of business in these two. Because if it goes to that fifth game in New York, number one, it's going to be crazy. And I'm going to have to like take some time off so I can make sure that I get there. But I, 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 I don't know if, if New York is a team that you want to see in a game five elimination game. Number one, Barclays is a madhouse in the best of ways. They provide the atmosphere that we deserve in the WNBA. There's the star power there. There's the the the, the DJ is, is, is crazy. The fans are loud. And I mean, they make it tough to play in that building. So you don't want to go to an elimination game five in Barclays. If you want to take advantage of the opportunity you have to close this thing out at home. So it's going to be important that you win game three. As much as game two was a must win for New York, I think game three is a must win for Connecticut. You can risk it, you know, risk a game four if you want. But I think when you are up to one in a series, when you know that 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 next a possible clinching game is at home. It feeds your fuel a little differently. Um, so Connecticut has to take care of business. They don't want this to go five games. They should not want this to go five games. So would you say that whoever wins tomorrow is likely to win the series? I would say that. Okay. I would say that. Okay. I think whoever wins game three is likely to win the series. Okay. Yep. All right. So let's go, let's go over to the other, to the Woo! other matchup. We have the Aces in Dallas. Now, this is, I'm going to say it, not as exciting. (laughs) Sorry. But I will say Becky Hammond came out and said that game three is going to be hard. You're bringing them back onto their home home court, winning three games Mm -hmm. in a row can be tough. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? I, I was one that said if there's any team 
that could really contend with the aces that can really give Asia some pressure with their, with their size because of how big they are with Kiara McCowan and Kalani Brown coming off the bench. And, you know, with Natasha Howard, I was like this Dallas team, this is the team that can do it. Dallas, you're letting me down. Mm. You're just letting me down. And it's not your fault. You're letting me down. It's because Asia is playing out of this world. Yes. Asia Wilson is on a dominant tear right now. 30 points in her last three games. First player in the WNBA to ever have three consecutive 30-point games in the postseason. She is unstoppable at this moment. I thought size was going to be able to be a factor in their favor. They've had five different defenders on Asia, and Asia has been able to successfully get around each and every one of them. And and then you go to the experience factor. Mm -hmm. When you're in a situation like what you expect to happen isn't happening, you need that, that leader, that that person that's been in the trenches before that can really gally, like really gather, um, gather your teammates and kind of get them back to focus. And the only person on the team who has like this real um, playoff experience is Natasha Howard mm-hmm. um, and just hasn't been enough. And so I think Dallas is a great team. I think they truly have the potential um, to make this a series. I think that they can win one in a row like I think they'll win tomorrow I think being back home gives them an opportunity and, and puts them back in a better headspace I think they can win and it hasn't been even on their side it hasn't been blowouts I mean at mm-hmm. one point in game two they were down four with like a minute and some change left so right. they, they they can't do it but because of inexperience you tend to make mistakes mistakes mm-hmm. come from playing undisciplined from time to time And that has been the Achilles heel, I think, for this team and the first two matchups. Um, So, yeah, that that that's kind of where I am with them. One thing I thought was interesting is that I felt like there are points where you think the play is over and Dallas thinks the play is over. And Asia Wilson comes out of nowhere and (laughs) scores like and brings the balls back in play, like whatever it is, I I've. I felt like at least game one, there were moments where I was like, Dallas, just finish the play. Just finish the play. Stay with it until the whistle is called. Um, yeah. And I don't think, to your point, I think that's an experience. It's not a skill thing necessarily. It's just you haven't been there before to know. You haven't. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I think you're right. I do think that they'll win tomorrow. I, I will add this too, though. I I two people who have not truly played their best basketball in the series who need you. It's Arike and Gumbawale and Satu Sabli. Mm-hmm. They have to, I, I think that Satu is a difference maker anytime she touches the ball, but they've credit this Las Vegas defense. They have, they are just so good at this, right? And they have made it so difficult for Satu to really take advantage of her size and her ability to score in different opportunities um, that they've made it so tough for her that she hasn't really been able to like really get into an offensive rhythm. Meanwhile, while, while, while they're not able to get it off offensively, Las Vegas is finding production from Kelsey Plum, from Jackie Young, from Chelsea Gray. Like their core four has been so important and dominant throughout this entire series. So it's not even that it's just Asia. It's all of them. Like they're Mm. all finding success. What's your prediction on the series then? Oh yeah, this series is over on Sunday. I think that they will, I think Dallas is good. Dallas knows that they could get a game. I don't think that they're going to get swept. So I feel like they will get game three, but I think this goes for, I think Las Vegas will close it out um, 
on Sunday against Dallas in Dallas and be headed to the WNBA finals. <laughs> do you think they'll they'll pull it off two two years in a row? Will they do it? I haven't been able to go there yet. I okay. think it just depends on who. So all season long, I've said that I think Las Vegas can get to the WNBA finals, but I don't know who their opponent will be. Everyone else was predicting New York. I wasn't ready to say New York yet. And then everyone, you know, I and I wasn't counting out as much as I love Connecticut. I wasn't counting them out. Um, I just thought that it was going to be a difficult challenge given what their team makeup looks like versus in years past. So I just did not know. I mean, at one point in the season, I thought Washington was a really good team. So I was like, hey, Washington might make, you know, mess around and, and get to the finals. So I always saw Las Vegas there, but I never knew who their opponent was going to be. I think I need to see game three before I can officially say, okay, yes, it could be Connecticut or yes, it will be New York. Um, if it's Connecticut, might have to favor the aces a little bit. If it's New York, I think New York has a better shot just because of how we've seen these two teams match up earlier in the season. So, um, yeah, I'm going to reserve my, I'm going to reserve my opinion until after I see game three from the New York Connecticut series. And then I'll know, I'll know okay. where I am then. <laughs> and I'm going to follow up with you then I'm going to circle back. And I'm also going to circle <laughs> back because I do think what I think has been interesting is that the this the Connecticut New York side of playoffs, I feel like has been more a little more physical and exhausting God, than the than maybe the Aces side. So I'm like, where does exhaustion oh, yeah. play in? We have a longer longer regular season. Yeah. That's I mean, if they're going to go to four or five games, I, all of this is playing yeah. in, and I'm like. The aces yeah. might have just sailed into this. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, obviously not without playing, playing hard, but, um, so we'll have to circle back on that, Tarika. And I will be checking back in with Tarika to find out what her predictions are for the WNBA finals. Don't you worry about that. All right, you guys. So tonight game three, first, we have the Connecticut sun hosting the New York Liberty at the Mohegan Sun Arena tonight at 7.30. Then later this evening, we have the Dallas Wings hosting the Las Vegas Aces. So be sure to tune in for that. That does it for me today, and I will catch you guys next time.